Hey everybody, Adam Stott here. Thanks for checking out my podcast, Business Grow Secrets. You're absolutely in the right place. This podcast is going to reveal to you all of the secrets that you've been looking to discover that are going to allow you to cure your cash flow problems, attain more clients, bring in more leads for your business, and create systems and processes that give you the growth that you want. You are going to discover the business growth secrets you have been looking for that I've used to sell over £50 million worth of products and services on social media and help clients everywhere to grow their businesses on the mark. So let's get started on the Business Growth Secrets podcast. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to tonight's podcast. I'm going to be interviewing, I'm super excited tonight, and you should be super excited too if you're tuning into the live, because we've got one of Britain's most famous uh, entrepreneurs, I would say, that's built an amazing business, one that you'll be familiar with, which is Pim Laco Plumbers. I'm really excited to have a chat with him tonight and find out more about the building of the business and you know, get under the hood of his philosophy about how you go and grow a business. And without any further ado, I'm going to bring Charlie on. So welcome, Charlie. How are we doing, yeah. buddy? You good? Evening, Adam. And I have to say thanks very much for having us on your program and hopefully listeners hear the magic formula, if there is one. <laughs> I'm sure they will hear the magic formula. I'm hoping so. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. So, Charlie, obviously, I've just given you an introduction there. You've been running Pimlico Plumbers as the CEO for a long time now, and you've achieved some amazing results. It's well known as the biggest uh, you know, plumbing firm, certainly in London and probably the UK as well. And you've won an OBE for your services to business as well. So you've had some incredible achievements along the way. How's it all happened, Charlie? Do you want to tell us a little bit from your point of view? What's that journey been like? Yeah, well, I've been it's, I've been going 42 years now, but been in the uh, plumbing industry for 50, 60, 58 years. I know I don't look that old, but, you know, <laughs> but a successful business keeps you young, I think. Uh, look, I started <laughs> off when I was about nine, bunking off school, helping a local plumber. I'm not recommending it, but it worked for me. <laughs> I was always going to be a plumber, and I never expected to have a, the company today and a, and a brand name. But all I ever wanted to be was a plumber. You know, this guy sowed the seeds then. You know, he had a car, motorbike, house, loads of money. It seemed everything that he had was what I was looking to have. You know, I always say if he'd been a bank robber, I'd have been a bank robber. Probably not a good one, but I'd have been a bank robber. The seeds were sown and, and you know, and then once you know what you're going to do, I mean, I never had no other no – other, idea other than being a boxer of course what i was going to do but you know I, I started working with him and that was it i leave school at 15 very little education no whatever you call them things qualifications and i realized now it was a big mistake you know what i mean i should have left at 14 <laughs> absolutely pointless staying on you don't need brains to be a good businessman you need drive enthusiasm and common sense and uh, I'd like to think I've got all of them. And I become doing an apprenticeship four years, got myself through that. And, and you know, I, that's why I'm a great lover of apprenticeships because it signs you into a contract. They can't easily get rid of you. You can't easily walk out. And and it sort of keeps you in there. And I think it sort of steadies you out to where you're going to go. I was told as an apprentice, what I don't earn then, I will earn later. 
And this plumber guy said to me all these years ago, Bill Willis, you know, if you get an apprenticeship, you learn loads of money and you'll never be out of work. And I say that to youngsters today. Moving on, I do my apprenticeship and uh, just about get through it, if I'm being honest. One, one the, the best one at it, but I got through it. And then immediately become self-employed. The day I finish my apprenticeship, become self-employed. All I ever want to be is a self-employed plumber, have my own business. And I'm up and running, working like self-employed and started to work for the wealthy people. I soon realised that, you know, it's easier to work for people that have got money than people that haven't got money. I know it's a, a common sense thing, but often the obvious common sense things don't quite come to you when you're starting a business. So I get up and running. I start working in the Pimlico area and work for a company called Pimlico Properties, quickly known as the Pimlico Plumber, offered a room in a basement. At that time, I was having sleepless nights. What does a plumber want an office for? How can he do plumbing and be in an office? You know, just crazy nights, and it's all going through your mind. But I think you need that in business. You need things yeah. that are sort of take you out of your comfort zone. I love what you said already, you know. I love the, the comment where you said you need drive, common sense, and enthusiasm. And, and the fact that you're even saying that you would have left school earlier because the way they train you, they don't really train you for a business, do they? And I think that's really, really clear. And, and when you've gone on to to build that business and you started off, you've seen somebody else doing well, so you've got the idea that that's going well and you've moved into your office. That's one of the things a lot of people don't do, you know, um, in construction. They stay on the tools and, and obviously it's very, very important from a, a construction person. How important is it to get off the tools and get off the tools early and run the business rather than the job? Yeah, well, I often say to people, you know, I get that question asked a lot, you know, I love it on the tools. I'm not really an office guy. But, you know, you know, you can't sort of steer the ship and, and sort of stoke the boiler kind of thing. You can only be in one place. That, and I think it's more important to be, you know, up on the top there steering the ship. So I sort of gradually made the change. You know, I've got this office and I'm in it, out of it, answering machine. And it don't work. You've got to do one or the other. Uh, but obviously, you've got to build into that. And again, I keep saying this, we all learn off of some, somebody or we all learn, learn something off of somebody. And, you know, I see these other office people and they've got successful businesses and, you know, they're doing it. You know, they put the suit on and, you know, look like a million dollars and, and talk shit. <laughs> but I think that, what they do, don't they? But then the difference, I think, was that I'd had the experience on the tool. So, and then when you're doing the office side of it, you know, anyway, get get sort of up and running, the business is starting to build. And then, then it, you know, I had one or two guys that I employed, and I quickly learned to be successful, to get a big business. Of course, you've got to be serious in business, but you've also got to be enjoying it. And if you can enjoy it, enjoy your work, then it's got to be a winning formation, isn't it? You know, and to do a job you don't like, but to do a job you like, dealing with people, obviously earning a few quid. Anyhow, quickly realise you've got to employ people to be really successful. Now we employ about 450 people, turn over nearly 50 mil, making good profit. If you make profit, you never go skin. You know, I'm going to say now, business today is great, it's wonderful, but there's problems on the way, there's sleepless nights, you nearly lose your house, you lose people on the way, you may lose friends, yep. family, business people, but that's there it is. It's not a smooth ride, but what I would say the, the pluses outweigh the minuses. You know, it's nothing, you know, I'd be corny, but there's, there's no business like your own business. <laughs> um, yeah, you're sort of right, though. You do. You, you have, you know, all those things that you're saying there, absolutely, and they can be, you know, while we're on that, you know, a lot of people 
see the glamour side, but they don't see that side of it, right? And in your opinion, like, were you built with the right mentality to be an entrepreneur, or do you feel that it took you some time to learn from the knocks in order to really get it? Yeah, look, it, t- it takes the time. I mean, you know, I didn't start off as a businessman. I'm a plumber, you know, and uh, yeah. plumbers are good at doing the job, not necessarily the other side of it. I'm obviously not that academic. I mean, if I had brains, I'd probably be dangerous. But it's all about drive, enthusiasm, the will to succeed, wanting to succeed. And, and the other thing is I think it's about your attitude. Your attitude has yeah. got to be that, you know, to make a good living, you've got to put yourself out. The more you put into it, the more you get out of it. And nobody owes you a living. But I remember this in early days of running a business. People will always pay for quality. So if you're going to produce the best product, the best service, the best attitude, you know, the best job basically that you can do for anybody, whether it be something you're making, selling, fitting, or even just talking about, the the better the service you can give to someone is the better your business is going to be. There's no magic formula, Adam. I mean, I know you know that, and I know plenty of these business people out there know it. We're all looking for a magic formula. We're all looking for a, a wand to sort of say, you know, please make my business great. But your business will only get great depending on what you put into it and the type of people you employ. I mean, my business isn't down to me. It's down to many family members, loads of people that have worked for us over the years, and people sort of drive an attitude. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's good people out there, and not everybody wants to be a leader. Some people are happy to be a follower, and you've got to get them people on board. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think some great, great advice there. And, you know, without a shadow of that, it's about the people you get around you. And not everybody does want to be a leader, do they? People are quite happy to be a part of something. The thing that I really want to talk to you about, which I think is really important, is the branding side of things, uh, Charlie. You know, you've gone on and built a massive brand, right? In construction, that's really rare. There are not many construction companies that have a brand that is, if any, they're as well-known as yours. And you seem to have got that branding down to a T. And how did you learn about that? Is it something that you researched? Is it something that you tried? Uh, I mean, look, at, at the time, Adam, there weren't as much of this social media or hardly any computer business, which is great now. I mean, absolutely wonderful. But, yeah. you know, I've only just about learned to turn a computer on. But I've got lots <laughs> of people that are very good at it, you know, get cards printed and things like this years ago. I was using a, a shop like Prompter Prince or something, and a guy was running them, and, you know, he's explaining things to me about how you can promote. And cut a long story short, I, I employed him about 35 years ago as a marketing manager, or marketing, yeah. then not a manager. And, um, you know, that's changed the business massively because, you know, we're not necessarily good at marketing. You know, we think we're good at everything, but we're not. And <laughs> you get some experts on, and they're good, like, yeah. At one time, I was doing wages, I was doing estimates, I was doing the job, I was trying to promote the company. I know you've got to do that to start with, but as soon as you can employ people, have them on board, you know, they're very good at things, people. And what I was doing was putting, like, square pegs in round holes, and I've learned not to do that now. If you yeah. want someone to do your marketing, get someone that does marketing. Someone to do your wages, someone that does accounts. Someone yeah. to answer a phone, someone that can good it. But I know to start with, you've got to do the lot. Yeah. Anyway, I took this guy on and he, he said one word to me, recognition. You need to get recognition. He said, doesn't matter what it's for, billboard, telly, radio, uh, yellow pages, wherever you want, as long as you get recognition. And I, I, it's simple now, I can say to anybody, if you want to get known, get recognition, any way you want. 
it, and yeah. if it happens to be good recognition, then all the better. So, you know, we start moving our, our logo and brand and getting it seen here, there, and everywhere. And, you know, it's all about 30, 40 years ago without this internet business. Now, it's, I think it's a lot simpler. You know, you can communicate different ways. You can put yeah. what you want out there. So I think there's a lot more help out there today. We get up and running. We're really promoting ourselves, and we're getting recognised. 42 years later, as you just said, we're the largest independent plumbing company in the UK. We've got a brand now, and we're certainly the most recognised plumbing company in the world. So yeah. it can be done. It's all about just a few guidelines, like, you know, like like when I say to somebody now, like uh, somebody wants to go in business, they only need a little bit of direction. The rest is, is how they want to, you know, go through it and make it happen. And you can make it happen. But one of the ind ingredients in having a successful business is hard work. We yeah. must never forget that one. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I, I, I think I think that's key. I love the story of you bringing the, you know, the market manager in and, and learning about and, and really ha having that skill added to you and then bracing with it and running with it and, and continuing to grow it. Now, while we're on branding, what I find really interesting is that you took that going out there and getting recognition for Pimlico Plumbers. You then, at some stage, transitioned that to yourself and actually getting recognition for yourself. You appeared on The Secret Millionaire, didn't you? You wrote your book. You've got an OBE for business. You've gone out and built a massive personal brand. So when did you discover that not only could you build it for your business, you know, and when did you, did you – was that a conscious decision or was it – No, it wasn't a conscious decision. Yeah. I mean, my interest was then and still is now, not about me, but about Pimlico Plumbers. But, yeah. you know, I think people can see that you're – You'll have to speak about that. And then, you know, you just get involved in all and everything, you know, whether it be no jab, no job, whether it be <laughs> politics, whether it be whatever it may be. I mean, I'll ask you about it. I'm interested to hear. I think what you've got to do as a business person is not sit on the fence. Yeah. You know, anybody can sit on the fence. You've got to put your head above the parapet wall. You've got to take the bit of stick that goes with it and keep going. And don't get me wrong, of course it gets you down and nobody's indestructible. But I learned in the end that, you know, the, the more people around you, the, the more, you know, you can get advice, the more help you can get. And I say today you've got all this social media, you've got programs on telly telling you how, the, how you can make a few quid and how you can successful in business. And you just got to pick up the bits that you feel that are going to benefit you. It's like, it's like the conversation today. You've got to pick up what you think. You know, we talked about branding. We very quickly moved into uniforms from day one and sign-written vehicles. I mean, you've got, you've got tradesmen now driving around London. They don't wear a uniform. They don't have a sign-written van. I think it should be made law. You should not be able to go in somebody's house without the company corporate uniform on. should not be able to drive a, a vehicle in London, a van, without knowing people knowing what you're about. And, you know, it's the cheapest form of advertisement, your vehicle, and it's the best form of advertisement. I mean, we have 200 and... 50 or 260 vans on the road, and they're the most recognised van there is on, on the road in London. Yeah. I personally think they're the smartest, and they're the best advertising tool we've got, and it don't cost two bob for them to drive around. You're going to a job, yeah. and, you know, it's a great way of marketing yourself. It's probably one of, I would say, probably one of the best ways, and, you know, that recognition you've got to get, and, and you know, again, we're a clean and tidy outfit. And if you're a smart sort of, you turn out smart and your business is smart, then you normally make smart decisions. 
Yeah. And, and you just got to believe that, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't think you need brains for it. I mean, if you happen to have brains and all, and the drive enthusiasm, then yeah. you can't go wrong, but you've got to have common sense. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just quickly talk about driving enthusiasm, you know. Is that something that you feel was just naturally in you or is it over the year? Are you uh, are you competitive against others or are you competitive against yourself? Have you got, you know, where does that drive come from for you, Charlie? What's the, you know, the depth of that? I think it's in me anyhow to, to be competitive. I mean, if I boxed in that, I mean, you don't get nothing for being second in boxing, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. it's all about, you know, trying to win and try, trying to be the best, but just giving it your best shot. I mean, I never started off with this driving enthusiasm. I never started off, you know, that I can make good decisions now or, or I'm not frightened to make the decision. But it's just about, you know, you're running a business. You've got to try and make it happen and convince people that what you've got to offer is a good service. You've also got obviously got to give value for money. But I think to run a business, what, what I've realised over the years is honesty. You know, yeah. in, in the plumbing industry, you, you get or used to plumbers not turning up or tradesmen. He's broke his arm, his van, his van's not working, his wife's having another baby, kids have, like, you know, fallen over. million excuses, and people are not stupid. You know, you might think they believe you. So I come up from day one. We need to tell the truth. So if the when plumber ain't in or he's running late generally, then that's what we say, or we've overbooked or... You know, yeah. people accept that more. But, you know, we used to get many years ago, we're still getting there, a customer ring us say, oh, uh, can you come and do a plumbing? He started it, you know, but he um, he can't get along. I say, what, is it broke his arm or is it the van? Oh, they go, yeah, his van's not working. It's nonsense, you know what I mean? Nonsense. You'd always get another van. But I'm trying to say, really, be honest in business. You know, be honest with people and be transparent. And more today than ever. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because people are not stupid. They can check out whatever they want on the internet. We're probably the first company, plumbing company, to put their prices, their charges up on the internet. And it's a great way of doing it, you know. Yeah, a lot of people are afraid, Charlie. I mean, to be fair, it's quite a bold move for the construction industry, isn't it, well, right? Especially for plumbers. But yeah, 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 to, to go out there because, you know, it's like, was your confidence just because the brand was so strong that you thought, you know what? Doesn't matter. Someone undercuts us a little bit. No big deal. You know they're they you know they're going to come to us anyway because we're the right brand. You know one of the things I've said for years about branding when I'm trying to explain branding to clients is that when you order brand and you've built the brand, you become the honey and the bees come to you rather than you have to chase the bees, right? Which a lot of people do, right? And and I think that move where you're putting the pricing out there. Is, is just by saying, you know what, we're confident in what we do. This is who we are. This is our costs. And if you want us, we'll come and do it. You know? Look, there is a little bit of that comes into it, of course. But at the end of the day, if you're not producing the good service or the product, people have stopped coming from you. It doesn't matter, like, you know, the yeah. best brand in the world. It's all about, you know, performance at the end of the day and quality of service. And, you know, it, it, it takes a long time to build up a reputation and a brand. Yeah. And you know yourself, you lose it overnight. Absolutely. You know, it's all about, you know, maintaining the performance, you know, maintaining what you've done. And, and I say to people in business, don't come to the front too quick because you're not going to be able to stay there. You know, slowly, slowly <laughs> catch the monkey. Well, it's true, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, all these old sayings, Adam, they all come from somewhere. You yeah, know, well, absolutely. Never killed anybody, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and you, you've got to bring them in. I can't do 42 years of business in... 30 minutes of, of air time, you know what I mean? No, but I'd have to give 
like enough to be a minute a minute on every eight months or something. And it can't be done. But what I would say is honesty in business, transparent in business, quality of service in business, employing people. Uh, that policy now, like Charlie, because this is what most business owners would say. So a small business owner would say, you know, I can guarantee that quality of service when it's me, right? But when I've when I've expanded and I've got tons of other people, obviously they need systems, they need processes. But I was just w- wondering from your perspective, having a large business with multiple different tradesmen in an industry that people a lot of the time are like, this industry, that, like you said yourself, it can be flaky, right? Or fl- maybe flaky is not the right word. What is it that you build into your business to maintain that sort of uh, quality of service? Or is it something that you monitor regularly? Do you have meetings on it? Well, well, look, I don't believe in meetings, you know what I mean? I don't have meetings, that's for sure. <laughs> and our company don't have meetings. So they're not, not a waste of time. I mean, mm. you know, you can talk to people and, and most decisions are yes or no. I yeah. mean, uh, meeting for me, meetings we just that's, that's a no go. You know what I mean? People often <laughs> companies ring me up and they go, "We'll have a meeting." Blah, blah, blah. No, tell me what you want. Tell me how much you want, and the answer is yes or no. Nothing changes in a meeting, and they say, "Well, I've got to sit down. We've got to do this." No, you ain't. Just I mean, we're not stupid people. You know, why sit down for two hours and then can't make a decision? Yeah, no, I'm just saying it. You know, no, I love it. I love the perspective. You know, I, I love to hear it. You know, and I think I think it's really important for people to understand because you know that's why I ask the questions. When you somebody that's done done as well as you have, is that kind of perspective is really interesting. You know, really interesting. Yeah. Well, why, why divert your energy unnecessary onto something? You know, if you've got to have a little get together, have a get together. Yeah. But you know, have a time limit of ten minutes. We all yeah. need to make decisions and move on and get to the point. Right. Um, so there's a lot of wasted time in business. You've got you've got you've only got so many hours in a day. Concentrate on what you're supposed to be doing or what you're good at. Don't waste the time. And and you'll find that, that you know if you get rid of a lot of stuff that's unnecessary, then you'll find that you get good results. You know, honestly, God, I mean, I don't have meetings. Never had them. I had two or three years ago. And I can't stand them. My, my pet hate in business is meetings. Why do you want to have a meeting? You know, I mean, let's not kid anyone. It's like like what Pimlico do. We're doing nothing clever. We we turn up on time. We're a smart outfit. We do the job. We give you a guarantee. You're aware of what it's going to cost. And you pay us at the end of it. That's it. <laughs> what, what, you know, and, and that's the same with any product. You know, you're selling a car. You're selling a shirt. If you're... You know, installing like you know ceilings and that. Tell the customer what they can, what they're going to get for their money, and produce the goods and do it. You know, you know, it's it's action. It's not talking. Yeah. You know, and people, you know, it's again about being honesty. You know, I can say to a customer, plumber will be there at eight o'clock. They're going to listen to me, and they know that people complicate businesses, Adam. They complicate it. You know, you talked about meetings. There's other things you don't need. You know, but in the same token, when you do get up and running, let's not kidding. When you have got to look after your staff, we have a gym, canteen, not free the canteen, but subsidised. Uh, we have massage lady comes in like no, no, no dodginess. Just <laughs> no, just head and back massage for the staff, and it, and it all goes down well. We have a a roof terrace. We have lovely Christmas party, boat party. But if you'd have said that to me. 40 years ago, as a plumber, you're going to do that for a start. Again, look, you obviously lost it. You know, of course I'm, I'm a plumber. But 
you know, if you can, if you can look after people, they'll look after you. Uh, I know it's all corny, but, you know, treat people how you'd like to be treated. Yeah, it falls under that common sense thing, though, doesn't it, is what you're saying. It's, it isn't corny, is it? If you look after people, they're going to look after your business, they're going to look after your clients. It's absolutely spot on, 100%, you know? And I think that's... Uh... Me, sorry, Adam, I've interrupted yeah. you there, sorry, but but you asked me a question about, you know, how you get good people and how you maintain them. And, yeah, that's you know, what you yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. You, you've got to go through a lot of that are not suitable for you. I mean, normally I'm saying a lot of rubbish to get to a good thing, but a lot of them are not suitable. And you've got to be, you know, nobody likes sacking people or moving them on. But at the end of the day, if they're not right for you, the quicker you move them on, the better. And yeah. we're very good at that these days. Yeah. You know, we give someone an opportunity. If they don't stack up, you know, I mean, you know, if they, if they turn up late the first, all the obvious things, if they turn up late the first day, they're going to be late throughout the time they're yeah, with absolutely. If they're a scruffy bastard on the first day, they're going to be scruffy all the time. And you've just got to be brave enough and make them decisions. And, you know, there's a, there's a saying what we use on, our, on my company, or our company, I should say, you know, people often ask me, when's the best time to get rid of somebody? You know, when's the best time? I'll ask you the question, Adam. When's the best time to get rid of somebody? The moment that you feel that you're asking yourself the question. Fucking hell. You've been reading my book, haven't you? You're no, right. no, I'm just saying, that's when you do that's it, right? One. That's the one. <laughs> when you first think about it, it's a time to get rid of them. Yeah, and, 100%. And I'm not sitting here trying to be ruthless. We've given yeah. plenty of people opportunities, but the quicker you can get rid of the problem and get the right people in, and you learn to delegate. Yeah. The more you delegate and you trust people. I mean, I thought nobody could do the job's as good as me. No one could do plumbing as good as me. Load of rubbish, Charlie. You know, things have moved on. And estimating and talking on, well, obviously not talking on the phone, but, you know, talking to the customer. But you learn that people are very good at it and, and you get them on board and you think, oh, that's a big plus, isn't it? You know, I've got someone that knows and understands that. But you've got to have somebody that, that tells them at the end of the day where you're heading for and be realistic and also incentivize people. Yeah. You know, you, you, it can't all be about you. You can't have all the cake. You've got to share the cake. No, you have. <laughs> yeah, I've got to share the cake. You know, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, I'm giving people things for nothing, but you reward people. I mean, look at the government. Yeah, I think the good people that you end up with, the people that stay with you, the people that contribute, I'm a big believer in, in sharing the cake and making sure that they get the right rewards. But I am also, the reason you asked me that question is like over the years that I've been in business, I'm, I was very much a people pleaser of a person. But after being in business my first 10 years, I, I had to, you have to be ruthless because, you know, otherwise you end up with a bad business and that's the end of it, right? Yeah, or no business. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, 100%. I'll tell you another thing, Adam. Mm. Uh, Pimico nearly went bust in late 80s, early 90s with the recession. We yeah. didn't have it right. We was too much pushy-footing about, too much people-pleasing, you know, not getting rid of people, you know, not being erect enough with things. We nearly go bust. I nearly lose my house. And if you can come back from a recession yeah. and carry on in business, you'll be a much better business. 100%. You'll be stronger yeah. and you won't let it happen again. You know, yeah. I, I went and see two liquidators. That's how close we was. Really? And one said, you need to wrap it all up. And the other one said, you're going to lose your house. You might as well fight for it. Yeah. You know, I don't want anyone to go through that. But if you don't get it right, that's where you're going to wind up. So. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, you've got to make plenty of mistakes. You've got to have plenty of sleepless nights. You've got to have plenty of rows with your partner. 
Oh, come on, Charlie. I mean, of course you do, because you're... Yeah, no, I know, yeah. You're basically... I'm laughing because I'm imagining I'm going back to my sleepless nights and my rounds. <laughs> That's why I'm laughing. I mean, yeah. okay, but the good news is you have more sleep nights than what you do sleepless, but they're out yeah. there. And you think to yourself, there seems to be problems trying to stop you doing it. You know, this ain't been delivered. This one's let you down. Again, I've got to say it, go back to being honest here. Anyhow, how to, to get the right people is don't put up with the rubbish and the shit. Just eliminate it. Yeah. You know, I know it's easy when they say, now, I don't even have to do it now. I've got people are better than me at it. They go, they go, well, we get rid of so-and-so. You know, he was, uh, I don't know, you know, drinking a cup of tea or something. No, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> no. You know what I'm saying. They say, I'll get rid of so-and-so. Drinking a cup of tea. Yeah. Okay, yeah. look, that's it. But there is a lot of people that out there that are very good, and you got to be, obviously you got to be you got to be considerate with people, obviously. But I honestly feel that don't let people treat you as a fool, and if you treat them decently, they'll be decent to you. Absolutely, yeah. I think what important bits, Adam? Is it's really hard to get all this off in in, in this yeah, time. Yeah. But give me some real bits that may. That I think may, or you may think, would it really help your listeners? So I've got a good question coming straight away from mine. <laughs> How do you deal with the missus moaning all the time? I love the question. <laughs> no, no. I... <laughs> She's not watching if I, if I know that, I've been divorced twice. If I know that, I want to be a plumber. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. yeah. Um, that's a typical one, and uh, maybe let her get her own business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah, that's right. So you, you've got some common ground to work from there, then, haven't you? Absolutely. Okay, so we're, we're, there you go, Martin. You've had your answer there. Very good question, right? So I've got another one that's coming. What's the best advice for setting the boundaries with people? Really good question. Yeah, that's a great one. I'd love to say your name, but how do you set the boundaries? I didn't add this earlier, but we have a, a, a book on our company called uh, the Pimlico Bible, we called it, and yep. every rule and regulations in it that we want. So if, you know, you want someone to wear this uniform, it's in the book. If you want someone to, this is their hours, they work, this is, they have to have a clean van, they have to pay for this, they have to do certain jobs. Have it written down and then there's no confusion. At the end of the day, it's your business. It's for you to set the rules. And we call it the do's and don'ts. But on our company, it's called the Pimlico Bible. And people follow that. And basically, if they don't like what's in it and they're not going to comply with it, then don't work for us. You know, we have a thing where we don't have no dodgy haircuts. I'm looking at mine now. But, um, <laughs> like, you know, we didn't have, we didn't have for guys all that ponytail business. We don't have earrings. We don't have facial tattoos. Now, I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. All I'm saying is that's how we run our business. And nice. um, it's obviously worked for us. So you've got to set out what your terms and conditions are. And you keep adding to that book, you know what I mean? Yeah. I call it the Pimlico Bible because it's probably as thick as the Bible now. But and, and people have got them that work for you or you've got them up in your office. And, you know, if there's any uncertainty you know we have things like you know this was i'm talking about 35 years ago four years ago we're saying to people you can't wear trainers you can't wear shorts you can't wear this you can't wear that and the people that don't like it that's that's okay 
yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so make your own rules and regs up, but make everyone aware, but especially with the internet now, they can you just go, you know, the do's and don'ts are on there or uh, terms of business. It's like people often say to me, you know, how have you got, Charlie, that all your customers pay there and then? You know, our arrangement is payment on completion. And years ago, when we nearly went bust, we didn't have that terms. And, you know, every time Dick and Harry owed us money, and we nearly went bust because other people owed us money. So we stopped that. And as a customer comes on there, it's on the internet, payment on completion, Call centre, tell them over the phone. Now, if they're struggling with that, then we don't we don't go. You know what I mean? And, and okay, we're not going to get there and do the job. And they say, I can't pay. If there's exceptional circumstances and you know there's been a mess up, we live with that. But we do we collect over a million pound a week in business in money terms, and we would probably leave 10, 15 grand a week floating around. And people pay us that because if they don't pay us it, we don't continue with them. You've got to be. Yep. Strong on it. You've got to lay out the foundation. So I hope that helps. Uh, yeah, I think, that, I think that's an amazing answer because, especially when you're saying about the Bible, everything that you don't want to tolerate, instead of you having to pick it up every two minutes and tell someone and be aggy, just say, this is what we want. If you can go with it, great. If you can't, it's not the right place for you. Love it. So uh, Larry's saying, what advice would you give to someone in their first year of business? Yeah, well, whew. I mean, the first year is the hardest year, isn't it? You know, mm. I would say go slowly, nice and gradual. Don't come to the front too quick. Be realistic with things. And depending on what business you're in, but, you know, I learned a long time ago in business is that from day one, you want to start building up a customer base. Yeah, the thing that's got Pimlico through all these yeah. years is we've built up a base over the years. And yeah. now we do 2,000 to 2,700 jobs a week. Yeah. Right, and 80% of them have used us before. So yeah. retaining customers is a great thing to do when you start off, or it's a great thing yeah. to do without your business. We wouldn't be going today if we hadn't built up a customer base. Now, you know, I, have to say, I don't think there's many businesses that get 80%, especially construction and, and what we're in. But build, I mean, we still got customers, um, Adam, from when I was doing the plumbing, I mean, yeah. most of them are dead, but we've still got a few that are there. <laughs> it's not when he's there. Well, they are, but you know what I mean? And so, and put it like this, people will continue using you, you and your service. Someone behind you, Adam, no, it's a chair. Sorry, I thought I was a ghost. Um, yeah, building up and retaining customers from day one is a great way. In your first year, go nice and slow. Do give offer the, the best you can. Be very, very transparent and be honest with people. And as I say, if you happen to be able to produce a quality service, quality product, people will always pay for quality. Nice. Brilliant advice. The list idea, uh, the list advice was amazing as well. People should be doing that from day one. Dominica said, how many tickets do you get with 250 vans on the road in London? (laughs) Okay. Well, the company doesn't get any personally. That's the responsibility of the driver. Now, you can imagine... (laughs) If it weren't his responsibility, we'd go skin, wouldn't we? You know what I mean? <laughs> and we would. I love it. Love it. Yeah. Our guys earn excellent money, mm. but they need to park properly. And look, it's unavoidable not to get tickets, but if Pimlico was paying them, I'd probably get a thousand a day. We don't yeah. pay them, so we don't get any. But of course, our drivers get them. But it's all built in with, with the package they got with us. 
And, you know, if they've got to pay for it, they're less inclined to get them, aren't they? Quick, quick uh, tip on scaling the business, would you say? Okay. For me, the way to do that is employing people. As soon as you start employing people, that's when your business is going to grow because you've already got to the stage you can't do anymore. And people say to me, yeah, but I haven't got enough work for full time. I haven't got enough. Okay, well, get them part time. Get them, it doesn't matter if it's family, relatives, friends, or just someone you bring in the business to work there. The moment you start employing people, it's the moment your business will start growing and scaling up because one man can only do, or one person, sorry, can only do enough to make money for one person. I was told years ago when I was plumbing, a, a, a business guy said to me, you need to get more Charlies, you know, you know, more people like yeah. you. And that's what you need to do in your business. So if your name's Mary or Eric, get more Eric's, get more Mary's. <laughs> Adam, I'll ask you a question also because I'll I, I get a feeling you're up on this business game. So what's the worst thing in business? The worst thing in business? Oh, there's a lot. <laughs> now, there's one worst thing that's worse than anything in business. But running a business, there's one thing that's the worst thing in business. I mean, I just said it a minute ago. I'll give you a clue. It depends. Are you talking about like a mindset thing or a thing that can happen? Or no, no. Okay. The worst <laughs> thing in business is employing people. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's the worst thing. I don't, I don't feel like that. I love employing people. I, no, love, I love employing them. But what yeah. I'm saying is the hardest thing is the worst thing, right? But if you don't do it, right, then you ain't going to grow. And I'm saying this, you know, it's, it can be a nightmare. You, you're telling people, don't do this. You've got other people saying, uh, you know, you're discriminating, you're, you know, you're not this, you know, you know, a load of rubbish, you know what I mean? You're the wrong people. That is the worst thing in business. When you get people that are just not nice people that come oh, work. They're out there, they? oh, they're all right. They're crazy. There's, there's people that will, no matter what you do, will look at you and will be seething with jealousy in every pore. And and, though, and you do bring them in and you try and help them and you try and look after them, and that happens, and it's a terrible feeling. That is the stress. But I can honestly say that after all these years now, like my mentality is when I bring someone in, I bring them in with really the, the right attitude that I can't wait for them to come with the weight off my shoulders, you know? People in an interview are different than when they turn up. They're a million dollars in the interview. They get the job. And all of a sudden, yeah. they turn up and go, of course, something's gone wrong here. But I'm just saying this, lovely to get nice people in your business, but yeah. it don't come automatic. I'm just saying this, mm. and, and I think a lot of the listeners agree with me here. 100%. The worst thing is employing people because they can be unreliable, they can be a pest, they can be, they can be difficult. Yeah, well, yeah. they can, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they can be nuisances, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's difficult, but you have to go through that to get to the good ones, but... The hardest thing is business is employing people, and the best thing in business is employing people. You know, in other words, when you get them right, have you always yeah, been okay. oh, go on, you would make it big. Yeah, Michelle, um, no, I never really years ago believed. All I ever wanted to be was a plumber, and plumbers were earning good money, and and to me that was success. That was it. That would have done me, you know what I mean? I would have been, I could live with being a plumber, yeah, and you know, working for nice people, going in nice houses, earning nice money. Question. Do you love the fact you have made it big? You know, like now if you look back, I think it's an interesting question. There's a lot of entrepreneurs that have something where they're never satisfied. I'd be really interested to hear your perspective on, you know, how do you feel now about that? Are you yeah, proud? It's, it's, it's great. It's wonderful. Yeah. But I never set out to do that. And then when it all started really clicking in, and, and what happened then, I didn't have that confidence years ago like it is now. I couldn't. I didn't believe we could be successful. I mean, you know, I used to 
Carl working an old van like years ago, Rusty Van, as a just uh, when I first kicked off, not with Pimlico, of course. You know, I see someone in a Rolls Royce, and I used to say, "Oh, that'd be me one day." But I think it was just kidding. And then all of a sudden, it is me one day. So, <laughs> but you, I, think, no. I think the longer you do it, you've got yeah. to believe in yourself. And if I had this attitude forty years ago, well, I mean, we'd be an incredible probably all over the world company, if I'm being honest. But it's hard to to believe that what you can make from being a plumber or what you can make from, you know, as a self-employed person. How do you feel about the future now for the business? Have you got succession plans in and wh- where you want to go? You know what you want to do? Yeah, we, we basically want to get more of the market share in London and we're getting increasing on that. We're more geared up today than we've ever been. We're more forward-thinking than we've ever been. And that, that, again, I have to say is because we've got the better people on there. You know, as you go through working, taking people on, you don't take worse people on, you always take on better. And, uh, you know, we've got a great team there now. And, yeah, we can go national now, we can carry on. But, you know, there's loads of work in London and we'll get more of the market share in London for sure. And that's what we're heading for. Nice. Right, so we've got one, but we've covered what we were quite a few in. We'll, we'll have to try and manage that time for you, Charlie, but we've got a few more to go. I've been successful for 10 years in my chauffeur business. I've also started a car cleaning business that's going amazing at the moment. I can no longer do everything on my own and I want joint ventures. How do you find an investor and, and did you ever need to? Okay, right. I'm not a great believer of having a partner or, or getting people in working with you. It wouldn't have worked for me. Um, because I don't think two people think the same. So I, I couldn't really answer you that question. If you could avoid it, I'd say avoid it. If you can't avoid it, maybe go to someone that you know, that you know yeah. them on a good personal basis that might want to buy in with you or help in. Uh, other than that, you just got to go to them crooks in suits like bankers and let them have your own. <laughs> nice. Okay, so uh, this one is from Brandit Essex. Okay, where do you get your workwear from? No, I mean, I have a guy yeah. that does uniform yeah. and he works out what we want and where we want and he's been doing it for years. So I haven't got a clue, but I think years ago you used to get them mags that just dropped in and uh, there's lots of companies out there. you just got to try them really. But as I say, I haven't got a clue where we get them from, but <laughs> I've got a man that does get them. <laughs> no worries. So this one's actually coming from my marketing manager who's asked, who's been watching tonight. And he said, hi, Charlie, how's your business marketing changed over the decades? Have you got any good stories about a, a spectacularly failed or su- spectacularly successful campaign? Yeah. I've got no stories about failed campaigns. <laughs> yeah, that's- from the marketing, we went into the PR side of it. Yeah. And, you know, I think it was – Really big in two, like in two thousand. We moved to this new building, thirty thousand, thirty-five thousand square foot building in Lambeth, all singing and dancing. Had some electric shutters made for the vehicles coming out. Woman from up north, can't remember her name. She's got this big, amazing company, and they said we'd like to come down, do some pictures, and promote it. We sent there, and she said to me, like I think this is in a letter or phone. Um, Who does your PR? And I'm thinking, what? PR, we're plumbers, you know, we're not PR. And then she come down and that was it. I could see the value of she done it in a magazine. And and I now use a PR company called Recognition. I mean, what a name for a PR company, Recognition. Nice. Brilliant. Yeah. So she was using Recognition. She put me onto them up in Darlington and I've been with them 
Oh, the MAUs in that 23, 21. That's yeah. plumber yeah. adding up. <laughs> 21 years. 21 and, uh, years. Brilliant. You know, and pe- people ask me now, they say, um, you know, is it important to have a PR? Um, is, it, is it a value? Do you get your money back? And, I'm, and my take is now, can you afford not to have PR? I yeah. mean, PR is, is it goes back to the same thing, recognition. And then yeah. we also have a PR company in London, Phil Associates, and they both do different things. And, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it's brilliant. I mean, you, you, I'm going to say this. You've got to go to the people that do the right job. But I'm telling you that if you've got a business, you're going to market it. You're going to have PR, even if you're doing it yourself to start with, you know, on the on the computer and on social media. And I mean, we have a guy now that does their, um, I don't know what he does, but he does all that business on on social media. And you know, the amount of recognition and the amount of um, credibility it gives the company. Yeah. You know, we've got it. I'm a great believer of doing everything in house if you can. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. We have a marketing team now, but marketing. Is brilliant, and one of their most successful marketing ideas was we took on an old fella a few years ago, Buster. You know, the biggest publicity thing that ever happened. I think it was 90, 97, 97 when he joined us, and he stayed with us till 104, washing vans. Buster, I mean, you know, you check him out, and uh, incredible. The best, the best marketing thing it was on every show he was in every newspaper and, and he was working for us you know and yeah. you know i didn't set out to do it that way to be honest the old fellow was in the home around the corner and he walked past and we standing outside me having a chat and i used to give him a score i like to go and have a beer and he said Look, i don't want your money son you know let me do a bit of work i went all right buster what do you want to do you know, and i won't be rude to him i said you want to sweep up or something he went i'll wash the vans so I thought, be polite, let him come in, and of course that was it. It it, it was just incredible, and that lasted for many years. That's a wonderful story. Yeah. I mean, he, he was 104 when he died. We he went in the marathon. He walked the marathon. He made a record. It just goes on from there because you know it's a simple idea. You know, it just promotes from there if you if you're up for it. And it didn't work like full time for us. And he used to have the afternoons off and take his mum shopping. <laughs> Leave that one. Jesus. Let's have another one. Yeah, we've got another one. Any ideas on how to retain clients? My repeat customers is 22% on a wholesale website, but I want it to be higher. I think your name's Ronak, is it Ronak? Ronak, yeah, I know Ronak, one of our Ronak, clients. Yeah, um, top look, man. Look, you're already doing it right anyhow because you, you know you're saying you're retaining 22% yeah. of your customers. Yeah. So you're already doing it right. And you want it to be higher. I think you already know the answer anyhow. I mean, you know, it's all about quality of service. They will stay with you until you're unreliable, until you mess up, until you overcharge them. Other than that, they're your customer. We work on a basis. If, if, you, if, you, if you become a customer of Pimlico, we work on a basis. You'll be a customer for life unless we mess up. So I would say, but quality of service will maintain a regular customer. If you give them what they want, they won't go elsewhere. 
Yeah, absolutely. No, good question. And I think, you know, he knows his numbers. So that's good. He knows he's 22%. He's monitoring, isn't he, which is important. Cameron, this is a really good question, right? Because this is something that massively holds entrepreneurs back. From Cameron, were you scared of taking risks? I've been going nine months. I've ordered 10 times more stocks since we began, but I'm worried but excited at the same time. Great question from Cameron. Yeah, I mean, as uh, Adam said, a good question. And yes, I was scared of taking risks, and I still am scared of taking risks. I mean, who wouldn't be? You know what I mean? Nothing's for sure going to work. But, you know, what I've learned in, well, you know that, Cameron, if you don't take the, the risk, then you miss the opportunity. And if you take too many bad risks and you mess it up, then maybe you shouldn't be in business. You know what I mean? Maybe you should do something else. You know, so it's a case of you've got to get it right, but you've got to take risks. I mean, Undoubtedly on that, you know, we've all done it. It's been an opportunity. You could have bought this van or you could have bought, got this office or you could have took this person on and you hesitate and you miss the opportunity. Your gut instinct will tell you what you should do. And, um, you know, don't sit on the fence. You've got to, it's either got to be, I'm not doing it or I am doing it. But if you don't take risks, you're not going to get these great opportunities that are yeah. out there. I mean, that Post is why we take out opportunity, 100%. You know, yeah, it's a like- bit like crossing the road, isn't it? You, you know, <laughs> you've got to take, no, you've got to take a risk yeah. to get there. But yeah. you're not stupid. You ain't going to go there if it's like, you know, traffic's everywhere. But if you didn't take a risk to get across, you stay where you are all the time. But yeah, definitely take risks. That's a lovely analogy that simplifies the question beautifully. You know, it's that simple. You know, really, really good. Take risks. Okay. We've got a couple more, Charlie, before we wrap up, right? This is an interesting one from Neil. said, if you started again today, would there be another trade other than plumbing that you would do? How good a boxer were you, Charlie? Sorry? How good a boxer were you? I won more than I lost. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) I mean, I come out of boxing through an head injury and um, uh, at 20, and... uh, that was it, but it weren't to be, it weren't to be. And then I put all my time and energy into the business. And um, discipline from the I'm a better businessman than what I was boxer, I think. <laughs> but did the so, discipline from the boxing help you within business, do you think? Undoubtedly. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah but any sport helps you in a yeah. business. But, you know, a lot of business people might not have been in sport. So yeah. it might be, you know, there's sort of academic things help them. It might be the way they've been brought up as helped them. But at the end of the day, as much as it helps you, it's still about you sort of being your own person. You know, It's all about making things happen. You know, if I'm being honest, I haven't got a clue because I don't know nothing about nothing other than running a plumbing business. You know, I'd love to say drainage or heating. Have you did Secret Millionaire? Did you do any? Because you had to dress up as a handyman, didn't you? Is that right? I read. Yeah, well, I didn't dress up as one. I just acted like one. What jobs did you do then? Did you go and like, were you doing plumbing jobs? Or you... I was like putting shelves up in, in a charity shop and driving chap round who had cancer to the to the appointments and, uh, you know, going to another charity place making sales. Just being a busybody, but it worked, you know what I mean? I mean, did you love it? One of the best things I've ever done in my life. Is, yeah, amazing. That. And, uh, you know, and it made me cry, you know what I mean? Giving the money away. Yeah, and no, that's awesome. Yeah, it sounds. Uh... Um, let me answer this chap's question. Sorry, yeah. I honestly, uh, uh, yeah, actually, I've got one. What would I do if I started again? I would, because I'm now got the knowledge of PR. I would go into PR and the media, that sort of thing. I, I think it's uh, 
I think it's a great business. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I would go into that, I think, you know, because I, I think if you if you get good at PR, you, you know, there, there's a great market out there and um, that's what I would do. Yeah, I, look, I would never thought that years ago. I mean, but I've just, now I know I, I would go in for that. Yeah, for, in PR. Brilliant answer. Well, look, I think there's been everyone's been loving the chat tonight, and people saying it's the best chat since a lot, lot uh, lockdown happened, and lots of people giving some positive feedback. So make sure you come on and say a big thank you to Charlie. He's giving up his time tonight, and he's uh, been really contributing on the on the questions. If you're listening to this on iTunes and Spotify, um, obviously I hope I hope you've enjoyed it. I mean, I'll just say, Charlie, thank you ever so much because you've been absolutely amazing, buddy. You've done every single question, which is uh, brilliant. Charlie, your last bits of uh, that you want to say to the audience, I think. Yeah, look, first of all, I want to say, I want to say everyone has enjoyed it, great. And, you know, if you get a little bit out of it, then that's wonderful. It's, some of the questions are great. Uh, this lady here is saying, you know, it's been the best thing since lockdown. Um, I'd have thought it's been the best thing even before lockdown, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but, um, but it's all lovely. And, and if it helps anybody, wonderful. But always remember... You're not going to make it without hard work. That's, that's the important thing. And, uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And go and pick up a copy of Charlie's book. Tell us one more about the books. I'm going to pick up the book. I think yeah, the, the book's book standard business. And uh, people tell me it's great and it's very useful, good business tips and that. But, you know, let's not kid anybody. A lot of stuff's out there on the internet. But, you know, just go on to our company and they'll they sell you one. They're not bothered about the bit of dosh. Uh, sorry, not sell you one. they give you one. Yeah, so, but go on their website. I think there's a lot on their website that might help, you know what I mean? And it's very transparent and uh, very honest. And look, it's been lovely, Adam. Hey, everybody, Adam here, and I hope you loved today's episode. Hope you thought it was fabulous. And if you did, I'd like to ask you a small favor. Could you jump over and go and give the podcast a review? Of course, I'll be super grateful if that is a five-star review. We're putting our all into this podcast for you, delivering you the content, giving you the secrets. And if you've enjoyed it, please go and give us a review and talk about what your favorite episode is, perhaps. Every single month, I select someone from that review list to come to one of my exclusive Academy days and have lunch with me on the day, meeting hundreds of my clients. So if you want that to be you, then you're going to be in with a shout if you go and give us a review on iTunes. Please, of course, do remember to subscribe so you can get all the up-to-date episodes. Peace and love, and I'll see you very, very soon. Thank you.